Hello and welcome to Forget the Numbers, the ACCA student podcast. I'm Connor and I'm here with Alan. Hello. This week on the show, we talked through our student survey results on the back of another sitting to help you follow in the path of successful students. We also look at the numerous issues to hit the news this week surrounding our own Football Association of Ireland and the scandal they find themselves in before getting to this week's student questions and explaining the Christmas competition that we're going to be running. Um, so, Alan, I know you probably want to get on to the football part to talk about our FII, but we're going to talk about the student surveys first, um, which for anyone who's been enrolled with us will know that after each sitting, we always send out surveys to our students. And um, we've just been through that. We got lots of responses again, which is really um, useful and gives us a lot of good information to help build the resources and see how our students are interacting with them. Um, so, yeah, I suppose to start off, there's quite a lot we learned, but one of the interesting things which we found out was around those who were surveyed. And something I find quite interesting is that um, the majority of our students who are studying with us are actually working full time. Yeah. And that's something which we try to build into um, a lot of the resources we have that it can be done on the go but were you surprised by that? that I was surprised by the amount um, that's yeah, so it's, large It's 81% was what we found out are yeah. working full time and doing their exams It's, just a, it's a tough gig do it, doing that and we've yeah. both done our exams while working full time and it is hard and it's funny if you combine that with some of um, the groupings on the age brackets that we looked at the chances are a lot of our students who are out there are working full time and probably have families as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, or certainly in a certainly certain amount of responsibilities. So it, it's good. I guess they're reacting well to the fact that we've built um, Learn Signal to be time efficient, really, and and not just that. So our lectures are that slightly bit shorter or more efficient, but that you can use it on the as we keep saying the train and the bus and the yeah yeah. And if you're sitting every ten minutes, if you've got ten minutes for lunch, you can watch a lecture. Yeah, and I think the other thing on that, um, a lot of people sometimes see that as a disadvantage. But one of the questions we asked was whether people are working in an in, uh, industry relevant to their studies. And we found that 91% of people are so that they're they're working in accounting or finance um, or something that they are seeing in their studies within their day to day job. And that can be a real advantage. And we always talk about how, particularly when you get to the strategic professional subjects, it's about trying to bring that experience in and act like a professional person as you would in your workplace I think the danger for some students and and like I've, I've talked to them in the past and they're in a, an industry that's related to their exams but they see them as two different things and they don't see the like for example if in an audit exam well they're probably if they're in industry they're probably being audited and when they're looking at the exam say well what would, what would our auditor do if that happened in the exam yeah. and they never for some reason they're shy about using their experience that they're using every day. And if they put that type of experience across in an exam, they do really, really well. Yeah. And it's just a... It's making that connection. It's making that, that connection. And if they, if you can make that connection more and don't yeah. be afraid to use it in your exam, uh, you'll do really, really well. Because it, it works by way. What these exams are trying to do is train you to be able to work in that environment. So if you're able to work in that environment, you can bring that into your exams as well. And you, you can... Um, you know, that can be a huge advantage. And the, the examiner will see that. They'll recognise that in your answers. I know in your weekly webinars, Connor, I don't know whether you're happy with these ones or not, but in your weekly webinars, and we're always trying to get students to study for longer. And I think that trend has continued um, in this sitting that students are studying longer 
yeah. um, than they than they used to be, and that number of people who are doing the less than four week panic is getting smaller and smaller. I think that's a, definitely a positive trend. Yeah, and it's it's definitely. Sp- it's not just moving slightly; it's it's spreading out. So we're see, we're not just seeing more people do longer than four weeks. We're doing seeing more people do longer than nine weeks, and yeah. there's people really spreading it out. And the other positive from that is, we did ask a similar question in September, and it improved then, and it's improved again. So I think that is starting to hit home on people, and that's something we've mentioned lots to do with the examiner reports that the examiner has addressed that that you know for a lot of these subjects, there's such a a body of knowledge you need to know, but you also need to um, develop that over time and practice questions over time to really build that foundation. So, so that's why we do encourage people to spread that study. And what what are the the major areas that the um, students are responding to? Whether you call them products or what what on our site or that Learn Signal does with the students are they most uh, uh, attached to? Do they think is helping them more than anything? Yeah. Well, I think. Um, What's really interesting on this across the board is that while we see, you know, really good um, feedback on what people find really useful or helpful with their study or helpful with their technique, people aren't using it proportionate to how useful they find it. Oh, we know that. (laughs) Only too unfortunately. It's a great idea, but I don't do it. So, for example, study plans, which is a good starting point because it's what we're directing students to at the moment at the start of the cycle. People, this is always around, you know, 90% of people who use it say it really helped them plan and organize their study for the sitting, um, helped them, you know, put everything in a manageable um, kind of fashion. And we got a lot of testimonial comments on how useful people, how it relieved so much stress, how it gave them a plan for the sitting. But then we see less than 60% of people are using it. Um, so if you imagine a big group of people shouting at you saying your life would be easier if you do something this way and you go nah, maybe not not for me yeah. it's it's hard to I, I find it hard to under, maybe I don't know whether the study plan looks can look intimidating or but it is that yeah. kind of old saying take it one week at a time yeah, really, you, only, isn't it? Yeah. you only have to look at one week and yeah. if that week doesn't look intimidating and you get through that then you look at week two and, yeah. and they're not they are they're designed um, with the student base in mind that we have where most people are working they're not designed that you need to have you know Monday to Friday off they're Mm. very much designed to to fit in that busy lifestyle so if you haven't done it before try it once you never know it might might be the difference between passing and and they're they're all available for download um, for anyone even on a basic plan membership if you go to the resource section of your course page you'll find them the next one which we always have big issue with because once Mm. again it was our top rated um, in the surveys, we asked students to rate their their favorite resources or the resources they found um, most useful. And Bootcamp came on top once again. Um, but then when we moved to looking at how much of Bootcamp people completed, we have 50% doing less than five days. And that's um, that is actually, I think that's that's down from or it's there I think it's around where it was last time so even though we've been pushing this message so much the importance of boot camp um, people still aren't committing to it now it is good to see that actually one of the trends in this was the people who are doing it are doing a bit more we'd more people who were seeing it through doing you know close to the the full amount um, but there's still a large portion who aren't even really giving it a chance giving it you know a couple of days to get into it and build it into your study habit um, so that's a bit of a mismatch <laughs> every, every day is not going to be easy I don't, like it's hard to 
it's hard to explain this. And also, I think what students continuously miss, no matter what, many times we say it, if you miss a day or two, if you miss the beginning, just do the rest. It's not, it's in a way, like you're better off dipping in and out of it than doing nothing at all. Yeah. And, and I think that's what people think, unless they do the 21 days exactly, they've missed out. You're better off do five or seven or yeah. 10 or whatever and number it is. And we all say, if there's days you can't do that's fine as you said but but also most of it is you know we all say a lot of it's kind of an hour to 90 minutes work so if there's you're very busy in work let's say but you have a couple of hours on a saturday you can do two or three days yeah. within that um so that is a big one the next one which is very big and once again people will know we're we're always um harping on about our mock exams again so the stat we have is 81% of those who did a mock felt more prepared going into their exam. Now, I would say that other 19% didn't feel more prepared because they'd done it and they were a bit worried, but they didn't even realize the benefit they'd yeah. taken from it. Um, so the fact that we have, you know, 32% of people that was who, who didn't do a mock exam. Now, this is the good thing is this is a good bit down from last time. Yeah. And we've actually seen a lot more people doing um, even more than one mock exam, which is great. But we'd hope to see that no mock is zero, that no yeah. matter what, everyone's doing at least one mock exam. But I think we've got about 25% of people who didn't, less people, or more people who did a mock in this sitting than last sitting. And I think yeah, that's, a, yeah. that's, a, that's a great turnaround. And hopefully yeah. that 25% of people who even did one realised the benefit. And I think the fact that over 80% felt more prepared would definitely indicate that they they felt the benefit and maybe it, it, it could be like a placebo effect it just makes you feel good and more confident but the the better and, and more confident you feel going into the exam it's all going to help you so yeah uh, yeah I think that's great great that that's moving so positively and that that message is getting across that mock exams are are a really important part of succeeding yeah yeah and the the thing about these surveys is you know it's it's not just for us to have an idea of what students are doing and to try to tell you to, to behave in that way. But it's also for us to see what resources people respond to, get feedback on ways that we can improve them and ways that we can tweak, let's say, boot camp or what people want more of or what they'd like to see. So that's what we take on board at the start of the sitting. We try to build all um, that feedback in into the next sitting. But what we do still find is that people are responding very well to the resources we do have. It's just not everyone is finding them or seeing them or committing to them. Mm -hmm. So the the practice tool, and um, so we have a CB practice tool, and I actually mentioned to somebody in the office, So and ACTA students really have to brace themselves for this, is that in just over a year's time, there'll be no pen and paper exams in ACCA. Now, that should also mean there should be no pen and paper studying in ACCA. Yeah. And we've had this, it's about 18 months now, we've had this um, tool built into our site where for the applied skills exams, um, you can practice the spreadsheet and you can practice the, yeah. the, the, the Word version or editor, whatever it's called, version. And it really is something that people aren't using and we've we've met some students in person and they say oh I did an exam two or three times and I got 46 and 48 and I think every single time they have been people who have written their practice yeah. questions in pen and paper and I think our only advice wasn't about studying it wasn't about boot camp yeah. it was just practice your questions using a computer and they template. seem surprised when they hear they yeah. always say oh you know oh, I didn't yeah. that's, a, that's a good <laughs> okay, point yeah, I, I never thought I could about try like that. that but yeah if there's one 
if there's one simple thing you can bring into your study, if you're doing any applied skills or for people who will now be facing into strategic professional with the CV, if there's just one thing you do differently with your study preparing for that, if you can do this, you're going to be in a much better position than everyone who's not using that. And again, to pull back on our stats, we had 90% of people who are using the CBE practice tool feel better prepared. And if you feel better prepared, you'll be more confident, you'll be less stressed on the day, and the whole sitting will just go easier for you. But this is probably one of those tools we're not asking extra time off. So at the boot camp, we're saying commit more. With the mock exam, it's maybe giving more time. With the CBE practice tool, there, there, there is not an ACCA, ACCA student out there who doesn't practice questions. So we're actually not saying you're, this is something that will take you longer. If you spend a half an hour answering a question with pen and paper, mm. you should be spending the half, same half an hour answering yeah. it just on a computer-based template. So this one confuses me because there's absolutely no difference. There's no additional requirement of your time, of your efforts, but it will definitely help. So hopefully more students start using this. Yeah. And like like a lot of these things, it's really just about changing your approach, changing, um, you know, not necessarily doing the things that are in your comfort zone or you like doing with your study, but responding to the things that we know from students help them get through their exams. Yeah. So now webinar week and your webinar week. Yeah, well, I think we... Connor, the face of Learn Signal <laughs> every Friday lunchtime. Um, so, yeah, so we've, we have um, our webinar week and then we have our weekly webinars. Mm. But again, both of these, um, for the webinar week, it's more about getting prepared for your exam. And once again, the attendance number um, on that has gone up um, and people do really, it does really help people feel better prepared um, the weekly webinar is slightly different, which is more about keeping your motivation, keeping you on top of your study through the cycle. And again, we see the same. We ask students and they say, yes, this does help us keep on top of our studies. Um, so these are something things that we're going to be continuing. The first weekly webinar um, was yesterday, and that will be continuing right through the sitting. And we'll also be letting people know about webinar week. But for anyone who's not using the webinars yet, um, once again, the students who are doing it have voted it as in our top three resources. It was kind of tied third. So people say boot camps really important, our tutor walkthroughs are really important, and then webinars comes after that with mm. question backs. So people are talking about webinars as highly as packs yeah. of questions they can practice. So it really is, you know, it might not be a medium that everyone's used to, but if you do um, give it a go, you, you can find that you can take a lot of benefit from it. Well, anybody listening who's seen you answer the, the amount of questions every Friday lunchtime can see why it's beneficial. Yeah, and what we're finding on them is the people who are using them keep coming back because they suddenly have a, a platform that they can ask their questions. If they have questions through their week of study, they can ask that and it's answered there on the spot and they can bring that into their next week. And then finally, there's a kind of grouping of the 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 debriefs of the examiner reports, the five minutes to pass video, the exam technique series that, that Paul yeah. did for SBL and there's some other videos for, for APM. And uh, I guess that you can nearly package them up because the the numbers on, on them are quite close and the reaction yeah. to them all are pretty good. Yeah, and these are really encouraging because, once again, certainly anyone who's been on a webinar with me will have heard how much I reference the exam report debriefs and the five minute to pass and then for the specific subjects which have them, the exam technique series. Um, because we just think these are so essential. Again, 
the exam report debriefs we talk about as the closest thing you're going to get to tips to the exam. Um, so when students are asking for, for tips or for ways they can get extra marks or, or extra advice, that's what we direct them to. And again, it's great to see that there's really good numbers who are, are finding those now because they're such an essential resource. Similar to the five minutes to pass, people always get on asking, you know, I feel a bit lost, I feel a bit overwhelmed, I don't know what the key areas are. And we direct them to that because it's a five minute summary of the most important syllabus areas and what you need to be focused on when studying for that. And again, we're seeing lots of students now using that and finding that and still within the survey saying that it, it is helping them focus or they do feel better prepared for seeing it. So if I was a student now starting and using LearnSignal, maybe never used us before or I've used us but kind of used us on their terms rather than kind of following. Um, we talked about they'd start with a, a study plan and what would you recommend for the, the, I think the weekly webinars just to keep a certain, because your teams every week are following yeah. the study plan and addressing the different tools that we have. And I think they're a good starting point for if you are just starting because certainly at the start, anyone who's not used to using it or wants an idea of what they should be using or how the site works, that, that is a good um, platform to do that as a starting point. So to get yourself started for the March sitting and these sittings do come around pretty quickly. Um, go on to Learn Signal site, have a look at the webinar that Connor put up yesterday and that's week one and have a look at your study plan and try and just get yourself into that mindset really um, of studying for March and, and just getting on the road really, yeah, isn't yeah. it? It's just getting, getting started. Yeah, and, and you'll always feel better for it and that's what students on the webinar say because if you can get organised now and make that plan and get into that it eliminates that stress. You feel you're making progress and that's what keeps the momentum and keeps you motivated right up until the exams. If you're enjoying listening to the Forget the Numbers podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you could rate us on your podcast provider. Okay, our news story, which Alan is very happy it's about. It's a selfish because, one. <laughs> yeah, it is an excuse to rant on a homegrown issue, but one that is very applicable to all things ACCA and governance and financials for the wrong reason. So to give um, people background, the 2018 accounts of the Football Association of Ireland or the FAI were released um, very recently and they've revealed pretty abysmal stuff across the board. I'll highlight some of them. So they have current net liabilities of over 55 million, that's euro. In 2016, their 2.3 million profit was reduced to 66,000. In 2017, their 2.75 million profit became a loss of 2.9 million. And in 2018, they made a loss of 8.9 million. So that's for anyone who does their trend analysis or ratio analysis, they yeah, can see some, point? some things going the wrong way. Um, they, On top of this, they've been forced to make huge tax settlements with revenue, I think close to $3 million. Um, they've had huge professional fee costs, probably rectifying some of these issues. Um, the, the list goes on and on. They've incorrectly classified sponsorship deals, which has resulted in them repaying sponsors. Um and all the while, their CEO and, and some of their management are coming away with these huge kind of settlements and um, really just laughing and lying all the way to the bank. Is that a fair it's, uh, it's, summation? I was more less depressed about it before you listed all yeah, those things. Sorry, yeah, uh, yeah. It's just, uh, and it really is. It's a, it's this it's a is a story study. of what case studies are made yeah. of. Um, like this it would be too extreme in a case study. You'd say this is too easy to highlight yeah, the, everything that's wrong. Yeah, like this is made up because surely this could never happen anywhere. 
And like you look at like some of the other things that have like I think any accountant, whether you're qualified or not, the I think the most embarrassing thing that could happen to any accountant is to have previous year accounts being restated. Mm. It's just it, it it's just the, yeah. the things that have to happen in order like I don't know, if you forgot something into last year's account or if there was an expense last year, this year, if it's not material, it goes into this year. It's not ideal, but it doesn't make... Yeah. So, like, the fact that you have to restate because of significant material yeah. issues. And that that's just... For huge amounts. For huge amounts. And you look at, like, you look at a loss of 8 million, the, the, the association has only been... has turnover or in, of in around 48 million. <laughs> so, like, you're losing 8 million... Out of forty eight, yeah. like where, where, where? <laughs> it's just and like the the auditor. And yeah, I don't want to deflect from the FAI and everything, but, uh, you, but you, the, you, the auditor, because the, the, and they're the, they're another company who, um, I think you know had had I think it was about half a million in fees over the years that have now been restated. Yeah. Um, you know, you have to wonder the role of an order in that situation when there's such now I know certain things can get through and there's um, a job but, I, uh, but of things of this scale you've been an order I've been an order and it wouldn't have, there could be a, a small thing that, that gets misstated but for a company to suddenly be in this um, kind of inability to continue as a going concern is what yeah. they've said there's um, yeah huge like the 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 scale of the issues for someone for this to come to light now when you've had this order um, but you've been an author. Could you imagine being called into a room and saying the work that you did a number of years ago is wrong, and we're restating everything that you've audited? Like that's the sure that should be the kind of end yeah. of your audit. Maybe well, this the, isn't for you. Yeah. <laughs> if that that's what you're thinking. And the the point of um, the point of an audit is to eliminate situations like this where this kind of complete malpractice of accounts yeah. is getting is going through, and that there's a huge risk. Um, you know, to all the stakeholders involved, that that a, their the state of a business can be this misleading, and it can have you know got they've gotten it this wrong. Well, you you touched at the beginning about like some of the reasons why the profits were restated was they the 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 nearly kind of from an accounting point of view, it's nearly criminal. Is in previous years they had included future profits from a deal that hadn't yeah. been signed, that, that which was, ended up. Being, they ended up pulling out of the deal and having to repay the money they'd received, but they included that in the ink. Like it's, it's this ma- is it's, just, yeah, it's literally spending money you haven't got yeah, yet. It's like, <laughs> Connor, you're going to get your salary in in three years' time for whatever you're working right now. So why don't you go out and like live it up today? Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. You'll get it in the future. Yeah. It's no problem. You just go have a blast, and it's just it's ridiculous. And there's like. The, the stories about like hotel bills and birthday parties oh, yeah. paid for yeah, and personal legal expenses personal expenses and, and legal fees and like the the board the president of the board was re-elected six months ago and he'd been there for such a long time now he's recently resigned and mm. a few other but like why did it take this for them to resign yeah and it really is it's a as I said, if you read a case study in exam, you'd think it was so made up that this could never happen. Yeah, the complete fantastic lack case of governance. And um, I think it's also very interesting for anyone to see how, you know, how economies can struggle. And so let's say this is an example. 
um, the FAI, they have their accounts audited, they have debt covenants in place that banks are then seeing are being met based yeah. on audited accounts. Yeah. But then suddenly that comes into light that the audit accounts were no good. They're restated. They can't meet any of their debts. They can't repay their debts. And then uh-huh. so it just shows the the chain reaction that can can happen. And that's the position they're in now. They've they've defaulted on all their covenants. They don't know how they can meet these and they have 55 million in in Necker and, 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 and the other thing you hear about in exams is talking about stakeholders and there are hundreds of thousands of stakeholders involved every weekend playing yeah. football on Saturdays and Sundays um, from kids to adults and all the people that are looking to them to to support a, as an organisation and it's just so many people yeah. have been let down and and kind of fooled yeah. in a way and the impact it has for you know years and decades to come on on what can happen to sport and not just that but the their trust and credibility and public favor and I think know, in bailout terms in, in percentage terms they could end up needing a bigger bailout than any country <laughs> if you think about it and, yeah. and it's a, it's you can't just go into bankruptcy it's not just it's not no. like a normal company where you can just say it didn't work. Let's go into bankruptcy. Let's pay all our creditors, whatever ten cent in the euro, mm. and, and move on. It's not like that because it's not. It's such a. It's a. It's a public company. It's a limited company, but yeah. it, it's 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 because of what it represents, and it's just really really sad. And for salt in the wound, there has yet to be any apology issued from anyone or any <laughs> ownership to really be taken. Um, and I know that they're coming under a huge amount of fire, not only from the public, but from the football players associations. And um, yeah, naturally, their sponsors have all left. I know three. Um, Which is their biggest sponsor. Yeah. And said it was because really. of music reasons. But <laughs> I'm sure nobody. It's a, again, it's, it's a jump a, off a sinking it, ship. It's a near toxic brand now. And, yeah. and there's just unfortunately right now, I'm not too sure if there's a way out. Each week at the end of the show, we answer questions sent in by our listeners. You can send your questions in by email to podcast at learnsignal.com or tweet us at LearnSignal. So this week's question comes in from Instagram. But before we get to that, as we mentioned earlier, we have a competition and that's going to be running on Instagram. Um, You'll find out more about it if you follow us. Um, So follow us on Instagram. It's at LearnSignal underscore. Um, and there'll be full details of our Christmas competition there, which gives you a chance to win free mock exams. Um, so just follow our Instagram and you'll get more details there. But the question that came in today um, is quite topical because students are obviously in a new sitting thinking of which exams to do next. And it's, is SBR knowledge important for advanced audit because they're currently deciding between professional exams? Yeah, I think I would always do SBR before advanced audit. Yeah. Um, because it's kind of the the knowledge that you'd have to learn for advanced audit won't help for SPR that much, but it will it will help the other way around because yeah, you're yeah. learning all the standards and you're getting the familiarity with that. Yeah, and this is something that the ACCA give pretty clear guidance on. Um, again, in the advanced audit examiner report, they would always encourage you to have done SPR already or if you were doing it alongside advanced yeah. audit but if you're looking to do one first always do SBR and I think the reason we picked this question is because 
it is important for anyone who is thinking of exams to give it the proper thought. And questions like this are important because you are at a, a huge advantage. I would say you'd struggle to pass the advanced audit exam without that SPR knowledge. Yeah. But the same goes for people deciding um, options papers. You know, if you are thinking of doing advanced tax, but let's say you really struggled with taxation at applied skills or you don't work in tax, you need to make informed decisions <laughs> not to do it. Um, so do really give the proper thought of what paper you want to do and that's something we will be addressing on webinars because we do get a questions quite I often think, now um, about what subjects to do and we have a nice blog about what professional exams to do what strategic professional exams to do next so if they go onto our blog they can search and find it there yeah you'll find all there but do if you are having any doubts of what to do next or you do have questions um, as Alan said look at the blog you can ask us on the webinars or just get onto our tutor support and we will help you with that decision so we are going to finish up there for today. Um, as mentioned before, follow us on Instagram if you want to find out more details of that Christmas competition. Um, but that's all from us. So we'll see you again next week. Bye bye, everybody.